You are now tuned into the Antidote Podcast with DJ Graphmatic and Paulie Dance. Subscribe now and please consider leaving us a five-star review. Take the Antidote. Again, this is the Antidote Podcast, episode 51. Is it 51? 51, yeah. Episode 51, live from Wuhan, China. (laughs) Live from the Wuhan district, not to be mixed up with (laughs) (laughs) Wu-Tang. Yo, we should get like the antidote merch should be like the surgical mask. Just <laughs> how do we do yeah, that? Surgical mask or even a gas mask. Gas mask would be dope. <laughs> if we do like the paper shits, the fucking the paper surgical mask. Yeah, pass, bro. We could pass them out. A fucking antidote to cure coronavirus. Would y'all buy that? Would y'all buy antidote merch? Man, y'all hit us up, man. I'm just being for real. Wifey said she would be down. <laughs> All right, we got one customer, and then we yeah. got one, <laughs> one mean, in the boat, pass, bro. We could just do our part and pass them out. Exactly, Three surgical mask with purchase. <laughs> it might just be written by Craftmatic with a sharpie on a regular surgical mask. But Real talk. We'll, but I'm gonna we'll get the homie Jansen to write that out. that'd be super sick (laughs) yo man 51 episodes i'm I'm glad y'all tuned 
uh, tuning in. I appreciate every last one of y'all. I know Polly does too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm DJ Craftmatic. That's Polly Dubs. And we're yes. back for another episode serving y'all the dopeness, man. Yeah, subscribe. Subscribe, share. Uh, leave us a review. We like reading those. We'll give you a shout out if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. For real, it's, it's unacceptable if y'all are not leaving comments or sharing or liking. Like, we need y'all help, man. But shout out, people People have reached out. Uh, and so we do appreciate you guys and appreciate you guys listening. Absolutely. Everybody who's listening and thinking it's dope, I appreciate you to the bottom of my heart. This is something that we are just doing because we love it and we want to talk to y'all about the real shit. So thank y'all for sharing and liking and everything else so far. But share it to your friends. Don't be afraid. Text, send them a text and be like, yo, you should check this out. You never know. <laughs> yeah. But real <laughs> shit, we got, we got a really... Um, Dope kind of topic. Uh, I don't know if it's dope. It's kind of whack at the same time because we, we want to talk about our fallen uh, brothers and sisters definitely in this hip hop shit and kind of talking about the reciprocal things that we keep seeing when it comes to deaths in hip hop. Yeah. Deaths so in hip hop. So it's kind of crazy. And the reason we, you know, we're specifically talking about hip hop is because it's kind of a unique it's a specific problem to hip-hop uh the yeah the dying young like you know in terms of rock and roll there's like the 27 club right of artists that died when they was 27 but it's it's like a limited number that's there's not as many you know there's a rapper dying almost every month but there's not rock stars dying every month probably because there's not really that many rock stars left but you know what i mean like kurt cobain uh janice joplin Jimi hendrix Right. They're really the only ones. uh, Marvin Gaye. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty limited as to to this, but if we're talking hip hop, artists, uh, you know, uh, it was a tweet from hip hop number at hip hop numbers. And it said artists we've lost recently lost before turning 27. And the list is crazy because this is just the people that, that we hip hop lost before turning 27. There's more that have passed that were, you know, over 27 as well, like Nipsey Hussle. But for uh, sure, the list goes Mac Miller, Triple X, Tentacion, uh, Juice World, Pop Smoke, Lil Peep, Lil Snoop, Speaker Knockers, Capital Steez, Stack Bundles, Jimmy Wapo, uh, La Capone, Young Pappy. La Capone, yep. Yeah. And and 10 of those guys never made it past the age of 21. So kind of the most recent one was uh, pop smoke. Yep. He got, and, and you know, the, the, these guys, the only thing they have in common was uh, you know, that they were under the age of 27. However, a couple of them were murder, a couple of them were mental health and addiction issues. So we'll, we'll jump into a couple of those here in a minute, but pop smoke, uh, he passed away in February in Los Angeles uh, it was a kind of like a, it was an armed uh, armed robbery, or a targeted takeout. Like a bunch of dudes showed up in masks and and just blasted pop smoke. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a tough one because it is something that is an epidemic when it comes to rappers, and it's a uh, you know a big deal because a lot of these guys have a lot of potential and they don't even see just like you said past the age of twenty one pop smoke being twenty years old mm-hmm. and just passing um, right the weekend after his mixtape dropped right he was on yeah. that up and up 
he was getting ready to 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 really break the scene. He already had a couple big hits that were, you know, killing the underground game, but um didn't have that mainstream hit and you know it it ended up taking his life, man. Um and for Pop Smoke, I feel, <laughs> it's crazy that we're even talking about this guy because I didn't know nothing about him and then just seeing seeing so much about um, what he did in the community and where he's from and everything like that. You know, he's another New York rapper, so shout yeah, out to New York. But, uh, man, like, they took him out, and it, it was kind of on his own fault, and I feel bad about the shit because I, I maybe it was just because he didn't have a, a OG showing him the game or something. I, I don't know, man. What do you think? Um, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, let, let's, let's, let's just talk about this. Like, let's just put it in this uh, aspect. Why do you feel like violence is so much more um, addicted to hip hop? Like violence is addicted to hip hop, um, but all different genres. I've heard violence in all genres pretty much. There's not really yeah. not one that's that's being, you know, uh, one or the other that's bigger than the other per se. But there's a lot of shit that just happens when it comes to hip hop. Why do you think it's just targeted with these hip hop young artists? I don't know. It's kind of goes into the same thing that violence in hip hop is kind of the most glorified part of hip hop in the, in terms of the media, you know what I mean? Like conscious rap doesn't get on the radio, right? You know, music that's good. That kind of teaches you a lesson really isn't on the radio. It's kind of the violent stuff that, that is out there. And it's just kind of crazy because it goes back to the you know beginning of hip hop. Right. You can go back to the 90s because Tupac and Biggie were both under the age of 27 as well when they were murdered. Um, right. And it also um, saw, saw a statistic online, which I don't know if it, how accurate it is, but I, like just count, doing math in my head, it sounds accurate that 51% of all rappers that have died were murdered was, it was from a homicide. And that's crazy. Like, Never really thought of it. Number. Never really have thought of it like that, but it, it's a number that makes sense in my head. Like you know, I think of rappers that have passed away, even uh, guys like Jam Master J, Big L. Um, you, yeah. They were murdered, right? Um, Most recently, uh, Nipsey as well. Definitely. Nipsey Hustle, right? It's, it's crazy, man. So I don't know. You know, a lot of these guys kind of come from the streets. Um, a lot of these guys part of the gang culture or used to be in the gang culture. Right. And I don't know. It's, it's just crazy to me. Um, it is, but with, I, I think know, it's a, honestly, I, at least from my standpoint, I do believe it's a product of the environment. Um, as you said, a lot of these guys came up in the streets. You, you touched on a very big point um, coming up in the streets and the already systematic development of how people are raised and not in good ways. I mean, we look at how the government kind of set up, you know, black living and, and why, why we call areas of certain cities urban and all the above, all that shit was governmentally built and was destroyed by the government and then rebuilt by the government. Um, it, it's kind of all bad. And a lot of these guys grow up, and you think about it, most rappers also have charges. <laughs> I mean, if you can probably look at the stats, and I don't, I don't know if there's a stat out there for that, but I would guarantee that most rappers, especially guys who are famous, 75% of them probably have 
cases um, or had a case. And growing up as, as a product of an environment, um, they have PTSD, everything that we talk about now that we see in, in the soldiers, like you get that in the hood. And, you know, me being, I grew up in Colorado Springs. I'm, I've been born and, born and raised here, but I also went to a lot of different cities, um, you know, growing up with my grandparents, going down to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, but then visiting my, my family in other cities like in the uh, inner cities of Houston, as well as um, New Orleans. I visited Calio. I've also been to Green Green when I was younger. You know, you can see it. You can see it there, man. You can see where some of these guys grew up. And it's like, it it, it basically bred them to what they are today. Um, they're killers. And, and, and that's because of the mentality that has to go into it. It's either uh, eat or get eaten kind of in the hood. Um, and I, f- I feel bad for a lot of these guys because even then, uh, <laughs> Freddie Gibbs said it best. Like, I ain't never had an OG because a lot of the OGs niggas snitched. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's, that's, that's real talk. They didn't have people in the streets who could show them the right ways and be able to actually get them to where you can make the money. And even if you did it illegally, you did it in the standpoint of where you could actually, you know, profit from it. And it's, you know, lightly skimmed versus being fully engulfed in like the streets itself. And it's super crazy, man, especially for a guy like Pop Smoke. Um, He did that to himself. And I feel super bad to even call it like that. But at the same time he did. (laughs) Yeah. He was like, uh, you know, he had revealed his address on social media and not, not only was he standing in front of the house with the house number behind him, like with bundles of cash. Right. Flexing, I think like in a, a Land Rover or something and with the house address right there. Um, and then, but also like a picture of his bag, (laughs) <laughs> that literally had the address, like the whole address. fucking address, man. And that was like posted, you know, maybe three to four hours um, before, which some, you know, there's theories of it being an inside job. And, you know, if someone else is handling his socials along with him, pa- passing that info on, I mean, he was robbed like three hours later after the address was posted. But, you know, you're, you're a guy from Brooklyn, you're in LA don't be flexing, like be humble. Right. You're, you're the, if, especially if you're there to work, you know? Right. Uh, cause my understanding was he was there to record or whatever. Um, I don't know. Where did that cash come from? I don't know. Right. Uh, written, written this shit out to a, a white family or he was written the, the spot from a white family, you know, um, a, a very, uh, significant family in, in the Hollywood district. Yeah. With it's the in the Hollywood Hills. Her- yeah. Hollywood Hills. Uh, the name Hercules. Hercules is, is the, that's the only place <laughs> in LA with the street of Hercules. So, I mean, that narrowed it down. Yeah. Um, you know, it's almost like he set up himself in a sense. Like it was, it was kind of set up from the, the get, like he, he put himself in a position where he wasn't, going to succeed with posting that kind of stuff out there. And it, it, man, it's just, it's, it's definitely an epidemic when yeah. you posted that number and you sent that to me, Polly, 51%. I didn't realize 51% of rappers yeah. who have passed away, have passed away from, from murder. And it's like, why, why is that right. a thing? And who, I mean, really 
you know, a few died from uh, like health issues, right? Like Guru, um, Big Five Pun, Dog, Big Pun, Five Dog, right? Yep. But that's a few, right? That's like of the thirty that I can name off the top of my head that have died. That's like three, you know right. what I mean? Right. Um, and then you know, it's just crazy though. You know the it's weird. It's a um, the the labels definitely do not do enough to protect these guys. In a way, I think they probably kind of set it up. Right. Um, I would have to agree there. And I don't know. It's it, obviously the resources the the labels aren't providing the proper resources to these guys. Uh, right. And and that's a constant theme anyway of of what we've been talking about. Check out past episodes where we talk about labels screwing over artists and particularly hip hop artists are ones that we've highlighted in the past here on the show. And this is kind of an extension of that. You know what I mean? Like, right. I mean, it it definitely is. I I believe I agree with you a thousand percent that labels don't do a good enough job of protecting these, these celebrities that they profit off of. And especially when it comes to black culture, Um, I kind of want to touch on that because you ain't getting near the Rolling Stones. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like that's my issue here is, but I'm not saying like, I'm also not saying that pop smoke is the Rolling Stones by any means. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Not even close, but at the same time, these guys find instant and viral turnaround. Like Mm -hmm. think about even pop smoke, his biggest tracks that he put out, um, you know, he didn't, it's not like he had a bunch of success prior to that either. And if he did, it was definitely in his own neighborhood. It wasn't like it was something that was brought out from, you know, a label in itself. The label signed him because he was already doing those kinds of things and he was already making waves in his streets. And as Nipsey end up coming to his demise. It was somebody that he knew. It was somebody in his hood. It was somebody in his streets. Um, While you can't protect that a thousand percent, there has to be some type of accountability when it comes to these, to these labels that they, obviously it's a pawn because they're making money off of it. That's all it comes down to is what is the profit? What is the, the loss? What is my return on investment? And if they're returning on investment, Pop Smoke is is one of those that is a casualty of the game because they don't care about whether or not the streets, you know, take you for uh, take you alive or take you for granted. That's the whole point of it is that they made their money, and you're now and you're no longer a piece in their in their future plans. Um, look at DMX for example; he fell from grace. Right. DMX was a was literally a global star. I've, I saw the the footage. I can't remember what it was. It might've been Woodstock, like maybe the last Woodstock. And they had him in front of a hundred thousand people, a hundred thousand people. And this dude is standing up there performing rough rider, the rough rider anthem in front of so, so, so many people. And everybody knew the words, they knew the song, they knew everything. And you know, you put that in on in a club right now today, everybody knows all the words. And still everybody song. knows it. Exactly. And everybody <laughs> still knows that song. Like to the end of this day, DMX was a fallen star. He definitely, to me, was one of the guys who was carrying rap in itself 
you know, even during the 2000s when he had Party Up and all those other tracks that he had during that time that were still very, um, you know, very big. And the labels did nothing to protect him, knowing good and well that this guy is still a star, drops his first two albums, he's getting platinum, he's doing all this stuff, and then even rolling into the 2000s, he was doing it. Luckily, we didn't have a casualty in DMX, but the drugs took him. So then he disappeared for 15 years, you know, mm-hmm. um, he, and he there was, was in nothing. and out of prison for a while. Yeah. In and out of prison, none of that stuff. And you don't see any of these labels coming to the aid of their star because they got what they needed from him. They got what they wanted. They got what they needed. They got their money and they were able to, to just bounce out of the situation. And I see that even more. I think it's even more rampant nowadays than it was even back then. Um, because now it's so easy to become a viral hit that they're signing all of these young cats to ridiculous deals and then putting them out there in the streets and continuously just telling them like, Hey, make these songs, make, make these tracks, make these type of songs and we'll make sure that you get paid off of it. And of course, looking to a young black kid in the hood, that's a payday. That's a, that's a gravy train but then there's nothing left to protect them. And they come out in the stance of I'm still in the streets. I still have to do these things in the streets. And then they they end up losing their lives over it and looking at even a Nipsey who was independent for the most part. I mean, he had his own Mm -hmm. label with victory lap and you know, he's got, he's got his own label and everything else, but then they got distributing there was nobody there to protect him. He had, he had his people around him, but the people, his people around him were the ones that end up, you know, causing his demise. And I'm, I'm, I'm just really baffled at the fact that again, uh, man, a white man gets paid off all of that to quote yeah. Kanye. <laughs> right. I mean, to be real, um, there, there is nothing out there to protect the young people of color who are doing these kinds of things. And it's kind of sad because we don't see this in any genre, but rap. There is no other genre that that comes to, as you mentioned, you know, Kurt Cobain was, that was a suicide. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. he didn't have people around him or even people protecting him. Cause I'm sure he had mad security up the ass protecting him from every show that they were doing in the nineties. And they were doing crazy numbers. Nirvana was doing numbers. Crazy, oh, yeah. crazy numbers, but they had people to protect them in that sense, but they didn't have them. They didn't have anybody to protect them from themselves. And that's kind of the bad thing that we see, at least, especially from hip hop is it's specifically hip hop and it's targeted because it's, it is a form of use that all people consume of all colors consume all day long, but they're the least protected when it comes to that it reminds me of like football <laughs> um you know all the black all there's the football is mostly black i would say 85 percent of it is black if not even higher um but those yeah. players don't get protected as much we have cte now we have all these things that are coming out that that happen and that's kind of the same thing that we even see in rap there's PTSD from being in the streets and then there's cases and the, all these guys, as I stated before, I'm pretty sure 80% is fairly accurate as far as most rappers have a case. There, there is very few out there that don't have a case. And when they do, they get caught up in the system, of course, and so on and so forth. But we want to highlight this because this is literally killing off 
entire generations of musicians and, and artists. Um, you mentioned Big L. Big L is one of my favorite rappers of all time. Oh, yeah. He is one of the most lyrical, spot on. Like, literally, Jay Z was afraid of him. Um, if Big L was still alive today, he may be in Jay Z's spot um, as being one of the most touted rappers of all time, but he's, he's no longer with us because of, of violence in his own streets. And a lot of it is due to hate and everything else, just like pop smoke. Um, he, he posted a lot of that shit out there and guys are just coming to get, get him just for the fact that, Hey, you said I can flex. Here is where I'm at. And so I'm going to come get you. And you know, the labels, they don't have any advisors there telling them like, you shouldn't do this. That's the first thing I would have told him as being a, somebody who's been in the game a long time, myself rapping, DJing and everything else. That's the first thing I would tell a young artist is keep everything discreet. Your moves need to be discreet. Um, whether it be you're planning the next big move, you don't want somebody to steal your idea or jack you. And then second, you don't want somebody to jack you literally in real life. Um, and it happens all the time, even to athletes and everything else. We've seen it across the board. Um, it is one of those things that I'm like, I, I don't understand why this is happening, especially in specifically rap. It's also, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's crazy too, because hip hop is kind of the young man's game in terms of, of music too, and how it's presented. You know what I mean? Like, over the oh, age absolutely. of 30, over the age of 30, like you're done pretty much for the most right. part. I, there's exceptions. Uh, I would say like Lil Wayne's probably one of the two few chains. exceptions Two chains Eminem. But Rick even Ross. then, like when's the last time two chains or Rick Ross was on the radio? Like right. it's, it's most of these young cats that are, that are getting the play like that. Um, you know, the, there's no oldies hip hop going on and shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like Jay-Z is uh, Jay-Z Nas, like the people right. who are already on top of the game are the only ones who can drop and still have relevance for sure. And, and we're talking about amongst the young crowd at that, like us old heads, we still respect the shit out of it. Like black thought drops a track tomorrow. I can, I'm going to go listen to it. Cause it's black thought. Yeah, um, but if you're talking about album. anybody who's under 25, they're not fucking with it. Right. Now I think Drake's about to hit his cap on years served. So for sure. (laughs) Let's get back to this. I think DMX is a good example. Uh, You know, for the flip side of this, um, half of the names that I named on here weren't even murdered and uh, DMX somehow made it, you know, through the, the addiction issues. A lot of these cats don't because the other end of it is the mental health issue uh, and a drug issue where, These Which guys is probably are, the number of the, the, the 49%. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Outside of the three dudes we named that died of, of like health issues. Fife Dog, right. Guru, and, and Big Pun. Absolutely. Because <laughs> that's, that's the other side. It's either drugs or, you know, gangs, killings, whatever yeah. it is. So it, the most it, recent one was Juice World. Uh, yep. Juice World, he was about to, his star was rising. I believe he had a number one song with uh, Lucid Dreams. For sure. Didn't make no money off of it, but yeah. Got to got to put the, the white man get paid off all of that. I mean, we got to call it. <laughs> yeah. So he didn't even get paid, but it was huge. The song was huge. Huge. Number one song, I'm pretty sure, on Billboard. 
Um, I think I think his album went number one too for a second. Okay, I think you're right too, and I, and I apologize if we're wrong on that, but I'm I'm pretty sure "Lucid Dreams" was one of the biggest hits of right. uh, 2018. Absolutely, um, but he's 21 years old. He overdosed on an airplane, um, popping pills, Xanax right. and barbiturates and opioids, uh, and, so, and that's you know the other thing, the opioid side of it, uh, the juice world. Like the feds were waiting for the plane to land and he had a seizure at the airport. And once the feds were searching the plane, so. Right. Sounds like a cover up to me, but whatever. Yeah, for sure. Cause then uh, they did find what, like 500 pounds of weed and they dropped the Hella charges. Pills. Hella yep. pills. They dropped the charges. Um, crazy though, man. I mean, um, Mac Miller died of a fentanyl. Overdose at age of 26. Lil Peep, he died of fentanyl, like on his tour bus before a right. show. Um, just fucking crazy. Yeah, and no, I'm looking at I'm looking at a, a page of of murdered hip hop artists um, over a last time, and there's some big names on here that I'm like, man, it's it's crazy that just violence succumbs to. And it seems to be only hip hop because we hear about a lot of these guys um, who pass away in different genres or just do music in general, but they live a long life. Rappers, it sounds like it's like war. It's like going to, and I don't want to call it war. I'm not going to say that because guess what? Fucking Jim Jones got roasted over that over the last couple of weeks when he said like, you know, being a rapper is like going to Afghanistan. So I'm not comparing it to that in <laughs> any way, but being in these streets, it's like Afghanistan a little bit though, depending on where you're from. Absolutely. It is because some of these places that they grew up is, is rough. I'm looking at, um, Mr. Three, two from back in the day. I, I listened to Mr. Three, two way back in the day. Yeah. Bankroll fresh, uh, fresh bankroll fresh. He's from, um, he's from down South. He was killed as well. Big Hawk He's from Houston. He was killed. So a lot of those Houston artists got killed off early. Um, so we talk about Big Hawk, um, Big Mo, uh, DJ Screw died of an overdose from from Lean. Uh, we yeah. got Big L. We got Bugs. Bugs used to rap with uh, Nelly. He was killed. Bad News Brown from way back in the day. And he was a musician. Um, he was like one of the pioneers of the, of the hip hop movement. Um, he was killed. Uh, Chinks. Remember Chinks from New York? He was killed. Dobie, he's from the South as well. Fat Pat, we talk about Fat Pat in Houston. Um, very, very big there. Freaky Ta, who used to mess with um, Diplomats. Um, Half a Mill, who was a producer as well as a rapper. Nipsey, of course. Blade Icewood from the South. The Jacka, Jam Master J. Yeah. Um, Lil Fat. Low fat also from, from down South in Houston area, Mac Dre, Mac Dre was literally the, the, the guy who was, you know, E40 was around, but Mac Dre was really the one powering the streets. Um, Notorious pop smoke proof, proof rap with Eminem grew up with the, with D12 big in the Detroit scene. Yeah. Huge. Um, Tupac, of course, Magnolia Shorty from, from, um, New Orleans, Slim Duncan. Um, I believe he was from Memphis, uh, Soldier Slim. 
that's another big one. Soldier Slim mm-hmm. taking out early. He had slow motion. He had a couple other bigger songs with Juvenile and them. Definitely huge New Orleans rapper. Jimmy Wapo was a recent one as well. Triple uh, X, Young Greatness. Young Greatness had a big hit that dropped, and then he was killed literally later, um, like six months after that shit really started buzzing. So all these guys, like, and there's there's more names in there, but. I mean, just thinking about that, like, that's a lot of guys who just lost their lives to to murders and to being killed. And I mean, it, it, it goes even way back. Like, it goes way, way back. There's a lot of guys in here. Um, and it's only, it just seems to be connected with hip hop. And I wonder why that is. Well, I think, you know, I, I want to go back to like how, the violent part of hip hop is the glorified part of hip hop. And that's the message kind of that's being sent to the streets. And then violence gets involved in that. You know what I mean? Right. Country music isn't about killing each other and and stuff like that. And it's the conscious part of hip hop, which is a dope part of hip hop as well. Like that doesn't, that never gets the shine on it. Right. Um, And do you think that's, coincidental do you think that is a part of it or do you think that it's a specific image and message that you know the the labels controlled by the white man are trying to direct towards the black community through their own music i think it does i think it's all of those pieces let's let's be real um i mean looking back to even way back in the day it's always been controlled by someone else mm-hmm. and the image itself, hip hop in itself is a exploited image. It is a, an exploited and monetized form of living. Right. Like rap is the verb of rapping a song, rapping a verse, whatever it is. Hip hop is the embodiment and hip hop was exploited and it's been exploited. As soon as the white man learned that they can, monetize it and that's just being real i'm not being racist that's just being real (laughs) i mean look at it because at one point there you know hip-hop wasn't or rap and hip-hop wasn't wasn't accepted at all i mean it was banned by the fcc like people were going to court over this shit when two live crew was coming out and they were doing the raunchy raps and everything like that uh, i remember (laughs) yo i remember seeing them watching watching that footage of them um performing on Sally Jesse Raphael, bro. <laughs> and the shock on people's faces. Yeah. Dog, like, oh my God. I'm talking like 1991 type shit. And they're up there and it's and you got fucking two live crew going on there talking about big booty hoes and all kinds of stuff, bro. Like the faces on people were so distraught. It was nothing that they've ever heard before. And that and that literally comes from the streets. Hip hop started from the streets. When we talk about Cool Herc starting the, po- uh, the parties back in the, the, the 70s and doing everything like that, like it came from the streets. It wasn't from something that could be monetized at that point because no other than people of color couldn't understand what was happening here. Like they didn't understand what big booty hoes was and all this kind of stuff. It was just part of it was just part of the daily atmosphere that happened and the, and the daily things that happened in the hood. And, you know, once, once it became a point of monetization, 
Then it was just exploitation. And we saw that during the 90s. Everybody lost. We lost big in Pac. And that was like one of the biggest losses that we could have ever seen, even globally. Um, but then we still had the same effects when Kurt Cobain went and even when Selena. So let's look at Selena, for example, who was also murdered. Right. Um, Selena was being monetized, especially at the time of her murder. Um, the companies were trying to come up off of let's make Latin American music huge. And there's a big market for it. And she won a Grammy like that same year. And once that, once that window closed then we never heard about it again, but it happened all the time, even further afterwards. But it was only so big in the hip hop world. It was only so big even because, because it was like, we're battling ourselves when the West coast, East coast battle started, you know, between Pac and big there was no labels trying to step in and say, this is stupid for us all. We can't make no money. Y'all going to be dead and nobody's making money off it, but the labels are still making money off of it because they're able to re-release music and all kinds of shit like that. That was never finished out of contracts and all, all, all that. And now we're, we're seeing the, the repercussions of that. And that's mostly what we see in today's rap. Even today, it, it's much worse today than it was even in the nineties. And we had a West coast, East coast battle and all this kind of stuff. I, yeah. I, I feel like it's way more rampant even now. And it's just like, why is that? But I, I do know. also tie the correlation between rough living upbringing and so on and so forth. And, and definitely hip hop was used as a outlet for pain and, everything that we saw the grand grandmaster flash, you know, that their first track <laughs> when they dropped that, the message is literally about that. Right. The, the opening line is, you know, people doing dope everywhere kind of shit. Like this was what it was. And yet it is a monetized and the most consumed music in the world right now. I mean, I believe Latin music kind of took over last year with everybody doing, um, you know, like reggaeton and all that kind of shit. Um, that definitely took a big thing, you know, Justin Bieber, you know, making shit white, um, <laughs> doing Despacito. But I mean, it, it is still people of color being exploited in a sense, and there's no protection there. Yeah. And the other thing of it too is there, a lot of these murders have been unsolved murders, unsolved cases where For nobody's sure. ever been charged with the murder. Some yep. of them could have been hits. Let's be real. Gotta be. Right. Uh, Gotta be. Especially Tupac Shakur. Especially, yeah, Tupac Shakur, probably um, Christopher Victorious. Wallace, Biggie Smalls. Yep. And I mean, there's a history in America of black leaders that make black people question authority and think for themselves have been assassinated in the history of this country. There's like a long, you know, we could talk about Fred Hampton. We can talk about Malcolm X. We can talk about Martin Luther King Jr. Um, in the same context of, you know, these are young black men telling black people that they can, you know, think for themselves or, or see a way out of, the, of that, you know, mindset, that struggle, and bring themselves out of it. And there's a long track record of dudes getting assassinated when they, you know, speak out, speak out and take on that message. Yep. Absolutely. 
And I also feel like it, it also, uh, just on that other spectrum of it, which we talked to, we saw the stat of 51% are murders. I would definitely say the other 40%, 40% is definitely from drug addiction. So it's almost pushing the same thing. Um, or, or, you know, health failures, even health failures is still like a lower part. Um, but they were health issues due to drug addiction, addiction, like Fredo's, uh, Santana, for example, um, he died of a seizure, but he had heavy use of lean, um, Pim C same thing. Um, looking even back, uh, screw. Yeah, DJ Screw, uh, Old um, Dirty Bastard, ODB, and definitely even um, Nate Dog. You know, he yeah. had he had health complications, but a lot of them was to he he had a little multiple strokes, and I guarantee you there was some um, drugs involved there because he was still kind of young at the time of his passing. Um, so you know, forty one years old was where right. Nate Dog was at. So we look at that, and that's also the other part of it. It's like they they kind of push this is the push of it. Um, this is the push that we see, uh, dealing with some of these situations and it's kind of crazy. I look at, uh, MCA, for example, from, from the beastie boys, um, he just had cancer and RIP to, to MCA, but that's, that's something that you can't necessarily come back from. Drug addiction was also pushed in the same format as it was to me in the seventies when the, the, you know, or the early eighties, when the crack rock eighties came around, it was, here's these things. Um, (laughs) it's, it's definitely, um, an epidemic that we've seen that has yet to be resolved. And it's, it's a monetization at the end of the day, uh, these labels can't, don't give a shit. And these labels don't give a shit. They don't care. And lately the kind of music that they've been pushing is kind of glorifying drug use and addiction. Absolutely. And now all of a sudden these guys are dying of addiction and drug use. Um, Yeah. Today's rappers, we talked about this Polly. I I believe, you know, the nineties, the nineties was the drug pushers and this current day and age is the drug users. Um, That's what we're starting to see. There's more and more people dying of drug overdoses and so on and so forth today than there ever was back in those times. And again, is there the, where is, where is the, and I don't, I don't mean to moderate. I don't need them to moderate, but I need them to protect, like put, put as much effort as you would to protect uh, a Madonna or anybody like that. You know, these people are still and Madonna's a fucking agent, bro. She's been she's literally dominated like almost 40 decades, like 40 years, four decades of music. She's been around since the 80s and she's literally still here and she's still doing a lot of things. And I guarantee she's done more coke than fucking Rick James (laughs) and Dennis Rodman combined. And there's no protection there. You know, it's like. They are, they are protecting her because obviously she's still living and we just don't see the same effort put into it. And looking back at this violence stuff, it's, it's even more so of like, where is your advisory to these people? I remember during the nineties, there was more advisory. I felt like the nineties, at least there was advisory. There was A&Rs 
who are more personal, who are more interconnected, you know, the Rick Rubens of the world, at least Rick Rubin, if like he saw something was going to happen, he would be, he would be involved. Like he was truly involved with his artists, with the people that he was dealing with, um, which I show him so much respect because he he really cared about the people. It was more so about caring about these artists. Yeah, he was getting paid off all of that. But at the same time, he took care of people. He, uh, you know, he personally had reached out and helped Mac Miller. Yeah. Trying to clean up his actors. Yeah, Um, absolutely. He was there for Run DMC, you know. Jam Master J happened to be in a bad situation when that shit happened, but he kept Run DMC alive all that time. Um, he even kept uh, the the Beastie Boys alive all that time. LL Cool J, LL Cool J still around, and he was around for all of that. Um, I give him the most props for being there to protect his people and and mm-hmm. being there to be a voice of reason when nobody else would. Because of course, especially being a young black man who gets a lot of money coming from the hood. That's ex- our first thing is like, Oh, we got to get up out this hood and we got to do this, that and the other, but we're going to buy the most shit and we're going to flaunt it around. Um, <laughs> man, I actually watched a, there was a movie or not a movie. It was more of like a, educational film that they used to give out during the sixties to salesmen. And it's called how to, um, what did they say? What is it called? How to, how to, uh, sell to a black man or something like that. And it was the most racist shit ever for sure. But they knew how to exactly entice a person of color to keep them in the, in the same way, a person who is of color, who comes up into some money, they want to be flashy. They want to be, um, you know, they want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be very visible because we're not as it is. And so, yeah, why not buy all the chains? Why not buy all the cars? Why not buy the fanciest clothes? Uh, that's been ingrained with us, since forever uh somebody who comes up from a position of struggling to a point of success and being able to uh afford those livings i i kind of feel like it's a setup a little bit and especially when it comes to the rap game um everybody has every town in america has rappers who want to be famous and and want to do this as a as a living and make that next big hit and that's all they're looking towards. There is no, there is no plan of action and there is no, um, what are we going to do to make the next big thing happen and be able to protect that person? It just doesn't exist. It's crazy. Something needs to change. Um, but I mean, I don't know what, what can change. Um, it just seems like a rigged game. For sure. For sure. And I think with, with more insight to now the drug, the drug usage and everything like that, hopefully that gets viewed more. Um, but pop, pop smoke probably stands out a lot outside of even Nipsey, just for the fact that again, he kind of is that <laughs> like he, he, he kind of was that person of again, how to sell to a black man. You give him a lot of money, you take him out of the streets in New York, you put him in LA and he's driving around and he wants to flaunt it. He's on Instagram. He's posting everything that's happening. Uh, this is where I'm at. Literally he's 
taking a selfie of here's my address. Like, where yeah. is his advisors? Where's his advisors? <clears throat> where is his people? And I and I feel bad because I don't want to call it this way, but people of color do not want to generally see the next person want to succeed. <laughs> um, you know, it's like where, nobody where, does. My, man. Uh, yeah, I'm, and it's not even I'm just flexing. it's not even colorism there. Um, yeah, if you can flex on an ex high school, you know, person that you, that you went to high school with who used to clown on you or whatever. And then now you make it famous. Of course you want to flex on that person. I went through that same shit. Trust me. I I was there. <laughs> I know all about that. You know, I wasn't the most popular kid in school. I used to get teased and shit too. But then once I made it to a point where the, the females in school weren't doing as well, they got all big and, you know, had, had, you know, 80 million babies and all this kind of shit. You wanted to flex on them. You wanted to, because the, the it was like they made your four years of that school hell and all that type of shit. Um, that, that actually sits with you for a long time. Like until you're able to mature from that point of view in your lifetime, that shit does actually happen. And it's the same thing, even in being in the streets, like you could be the guy that was, you know, putting everybody on in the hood and now you finally really, really made it. And now everybody's going to be looking at you as a target because you really, really made it. And it's divisive, man. I I feel like there is more shit out there because those people are going to feel like, well, I'm still in the hood. He don't deserve that. Maybe I should go take it from him. (laughs) And especially in a city like New York, Philly, you know, Miami, any of those really gritty cities, uh, Detroit, Chicago, they don't play those games, man. They don't play that shit. Um, we've seen tons of rappers, especially Chicago. Chicago is a prime example of rappers getting smoked over nothing, over little to nothing. Even the dude that was making videos of the rappers that were being positive got smoked. Exactly. You could be an innocent bystander or, shit. you know, even the one that I, I know you've seen the story about the rapper, the, the, the rapper that killed his mom so he can get, so he can get her insurance money. Life insurance? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so he wow. can get her insurance money so he can turn that into a career. Like, uh, man, I feel like there is, there, there's there got to be an underlying issue there. Of why? Why? Like, I could never, I could never, I love my mom to death. There's nothing I could ever, ever do or give, even give back to her at this point for everything she's done in my life, let alone think about killing her to get some insurance money. Like, it, it it's an epidemic and it really needs to be brought to the forefront because every, every major city specifically is facing this issue. Everybody that I named, like I know five of them were for like Houston, um, New York, Chicago. I didn't even, you know, make no names for the drill rappers, all the drill rappers that got killed over the last few years oh, between yeah. the beef with uh, Chief Keef and all those dudes and, and stuff like that out there, man, there's tons and tons and tons. And the thing is the industry is making so much money off of this Glorman and rap and has been for so, so long that nobody knows how to take a step back for a second and say, what are we doing? what are we doing and and how are we teaching these young cats to do the same thing? That's where I kind of do knock Jay-Z and I knock a Nas and those things like that, because honestly they did. And well, Nas less, cause I think he did try to at least put out a lot more conscious music to talk about more of that. 
Jay-Z for short, oh, he didn't do enough for that. He started to do it now, um, but it's it's little too late. Like you're 50 years old. You could have been doing that as soon as you got on, like try to show these young cats how to really um, get away from that lifestyle and the glori- the glorifying of the raps, the, the, the money, the drugs, the chains, the, you know, all the above. Um, and these labels aren't, aren't going to do it. We can clearly see that they don't care because they're making millions and millions of dollars, even off of posthumous albums. Um, perfect, perfect example. I'm trying to remember the name right now and I'm, I'm about to fuck it up. So I got to look it up real quick, but there's about to be a posthumous album being dropped actually very soon from, a, from a dead rapper, you know, from, from, uh, the family. And that's part of it. It's just, it's just more posthumous, you know, albums that are coming out, but, and it's monetization, but where, where are we really protecting these young kids? Where are we really stepping in? And I try to, I try to do that. Honestly, I've, I've done that in the city itself. I try to talk to other rappers. I've squashed beefs in my past, you know, just locally to talk about where is this getting us right now? Like, how does this, how does this impact us? And how is this making it any better for the rest of us? Um, by you killing each other. And then we have to mourn one or the other. Like that makes zero sense. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's absolutely crazy. Um, I just think there's a link between the way it's packaged. Uh, there's a, you know, obviously some of these guys have been taken out. Uh, a lot of these guys don't, haven't even had gang affiliations and were were murdered. Right. Um, it's crazy, and it's only in hip hop. It's it's weird. Yeah, it only seems to be focused on hip hop. Um, and again, I, man, I I feel like the the thing about it is just it's it's a monetary giant. Like hip hop is driving the music industry outside of like, of course, EDM and everything like that, that is making their own waves separately. But again, over the last probably like 10 years, hip hop is the most consumed. Yes. Artistry out there when it comes to music, not country, not, um, not even EDM, like EDM has its things, but it's not, it's not being pushed the way that rap is done. You know, when I hear not even, not even country music. No. And, and country, country is always dominated, you know, right. even rock, rock is dead, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. um, peace. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well put a tombstone on them. Um, but at the same time, again, it's, it's still being, it feels like hip hop is being monetized regardless of these things. And so when you listen to your favorite rapper and I, man, I love the song, the box. I love that song. Um, you know, but it's telling me it's telling me everything that I don't need to do as a as a young black man in America. <laughs> right, that's the message that's being pushed out. Correct, and that's the number one song in the country. <laughs> you know, or it was. I don't know what the number one no, song it, in the country it was is for now. a couple of weeks for sure. But yeah, it definitely it, it was definitely be- running this. It was definitely running everything for the last couple of weeks, and it says, you know, fuck jail, fuck twelve, fuck SWAT, like. <laughs> when you're telling a, a young black kid fuck jail fuck 12 fuck SWAT what does that mean that means I don't give a shit I'm not going to jail fuck the cops fuck the SWAT team and we're gonna go out like that and that's not man I 
hate hearing that shit. And, you know, popping a Zan or doing all these other things. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, what are we really doing out here? What's the message that we really pushing? And I don't necessarily agree that we need, you know, um, conscious rap all the time. No, for sure. And a lot of it is trash too. So I'm not saying that conscious rap is better because I love me some gangster shit. Like, trust ha- Absolutely. Me. Sometimes we want to <laughs> ride on somebody. Like I want to feel like I'm riding on somebody. That's, that's okay. But man, it's like, what are we doing to again, protect what are we doing to protect the image or create an image that is so, so widely consumed, but not protected? Like even, even for country, like country, for example, we, they glorified mostly drinking, like drinking and is an, is an addiction. It's more deadly than any other thing that we got out there, even more so than drugs or anything else. Drug overdoses are not, uh, succumbing to what we see when it comes to drinking, drinking and driving, you know, DUIs, uh, wrecks, all the above. We probably see more of that than anything else, but that isn't necessarily protected because again, um, that's not violence. That's not, that's not portraying violence. If Luke Bryan sings a song about, let me drink my drink until I crash, that'll probably be a number one hit. Um, yeah, but Blake Shelton ain't singing songs about Zanny bars and drinking lean and shit correct. either. You know what I mean? Correct. Yeah, that's not that's, what they're pushing what I mean, to their right. audience. Yeah, they're they're not they're not they're not selling it to to those people. But at the end of the day, white consumers, regardless whatever they listen to, that's what they're listening to. They're still listening to a, a number one song like The Box is not getting number one because black people were fucking streaming it. Let's be correct. Yes. there is no way that a song gets number one without white listeners. Yes. Um, so usually, usually high school kids. Usually high school kids. All the above. Any any rap song that has ever reached number one, Old Town Road was never going to make it by just black people, because um, we're probably the least amount of people who actually fucking support shit and and actually go buy albums and do all that type of shit. They're the least amount, and especially like a song with Old Town Road that was basically country. It was like a country song almost. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody was fucking with that until it blew up. Like until again, uh, Ellen DeGeneres got it on her show. Until Billy Ray Cyrus came on. Yeah, and then Billy exactly the original never did numbers until Billy Ray Cyrus got got a hold of the song, and then all of a sudden it's the number one song in the country forever. Right. Um, <laughs> record breaking. Yeah, record breaking numbers is. And it's just sad and I hate to see it because we talk about, again, so many of these young guys who are dying and it's not a conversation that really happens until we're like RIP, but it is a monetized, it is a monetized uh, genre that has only been monetized. It's not, it's not for the betterment of people or anything like that. It is a monetization point. Yeah, and and I think the violence part, it's pushed so hard to where Takashi sixty nine like has to actually get into a gang to yeah. fucking get legitimacy. You know what I mean? After he's already <laughs> like had hits. Right. It's <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I gotta laugh at that one because <laughs> Takashi is just oh man. If you if you've listened to our all of our episodes and you know we fucking don't like that guy at all, but you're exactly right. Like it, he had to portray a gangster, portray a gangster, and and 
Maybe even do some gangster ass shit, and that's not he him. Got in, he at least got into some gangster ass shit. He's had to do time in prison. Yep. Uh, Made millions know. of dollars and is about to get out of this shit. Yeah, and probably pick his career right back up. Right, and sell hella money or sell hella records and get a lot of money while and he's while he's sending dudes away for life. Yep, sending dudes away for life for doing the gang in the gang shit. And we see a lot of that. It's fucking Max B, man. Max B is still hanging out of jail yet. Bobby Schmurder about to get out. Yeah, Bobby Schmurder. He's he's supposed to get out this year. Yeah. Shout out to Bobby. Free Bobby Schmurder. <laughs> what is what was his gang? Wasn't he? He wasn't Treyway, but he was like a nine tray or something like what? Is yeah. His gang? Uh, it was something like that. Nine. Yeah, I think nine tray. Either way. I mean, again, a guy who came out with one ass, one fucking song, one fucking song called Hot Nigga that white people were listening to all day. It's called Hot Nigga. Like, listen, listen to the name of that track. And by itself, like, he still made a top 10 charting song Mm -hmm. based off of just talking about popping cats and doing everything like that. Like it's crazy how hip hop is so monetized and it's monetized off of violence, gangs, gang relations, drugs, everything, so on and so forth. But these are the ones who are dying the most and nobody gives a shit. It's like, you gave me my favorite song of 2019. And that's great. You gave me my favorite song of 2020, but homie, peace out. It's just crazy. And there just needs to be more, more light shed upon why are we allowing this? And especially for my, I'm going to talk to my people of color right now. Again, we like to get to a point where we like to drink. We like to dance. We like to have fun. Maybe we'll like to get into some gangster shit every now and then. I get that, man. But let's not support, let's not support what somebody else is monetizing off of, daily struggles for somebody who lives in the ghettos or the hoods and then figure out how are we going to protect these people? How are we going to keep these people from making the same mistake that the people previous to us did? Um, that was partly a reason why I didn't want to be a rapper no more, man. I went on tour. I'll tell you all this little quick story. I went on tour with Bone Thugs and Harmony. And Bone Thugs and Harmony, their name says Thugs in it. I mean, let's be for <laughs> They're from fucking Cleveland, Ohio, man. Yeah. That's, that's a gritty-ass city. It's a gloomy city. Paulie, you've been to fucking Cleveland. I've never been to Cleveland. Yeah. I would never want to go to Cleveland. Nah. That sounds like a shit place to go. It is a shithole. Like, it's, <laughs> it's rough. It's, uh, you know, manufacturing... Driven, yeah, it's old driven plants city and, and manufacturing ain't driving shit anymore. Exactly. America. Old steel and all kinds mm-hmm. of shit like that. But when I went on tour with them, you know, we, we actually did like a four or five city tour. And, you know, I was a rapper at the time. Our second show in, it was either, it, it might have been, yeah, it was either our first or second show. Could have been, it could have been the first. Either way, there was a big ass fucking fight that happened internally with them. So Busy Bone got in a fight. And the background of this story is literally everybody got back together. This was a reunion tour. This was the second show, my bad, because we did our first show in Pueblo. So we did the first show in Pueblo, Colorado, and we took the rest and we did we went on the road with them. And the second show was in Diaberville, Mississippi. I can remember this. I will always remember this shit. 
So I went to go stay with my grandparents. I did all of that because it was it was like 45 minutes from my grandparents' house. So we drove all the way down to Mississippi, got to this place, and it was called Mississippi's Biggest Bar, Diaberville. And shit, the dance floor was massive. We probably hold like, I don't know, like 800 people on it at one time. And we do, it was a pretty big show. And this was the show that everybody was back. Everybody was back. Flesh and Bone had just got out of jail. Everybody was back. Literally, we get off performing. The next performers go up. Bone Thug starts their set. And they get in a big-ass brawl. I mean, a big-ass brawl. Big-ass fucking brawl. Busy Bone is back there fighting his own people <laughs> in the back of the stage. And just all hell broke loose. It becomes chaotic. It goes crazy. And they were just like, yo, he's out the group. We're done. And I thought we were going to be cut. Like, I was like, oh, shit, man, we just started this tour. We still got three more cities to go hit, three or four more cities to hit. And we're talking about this is about to be done. And in long story short, it was all over money and, you know, drug, drug abuse and everything like that. And literally almost derailed my whole career when it came to rapping and I ended up being done. I'm not a rapper no more. I can still spit bars with the best of them, but I'm, I'm done doing music. I'm, I'm done at that point. After that, I really didn't do as much as I thought I would, but to kind of see how everything panned out, it was literally just that it was about money. It was about drugs. It was about, uh, you know, those little things. And it's like, why is it only, us that we go through this i thought about this when i was you know got older and i started djing and shit like that and i have no problems and i have no i I don't see these issues that we see now even in the streets that we see um i don't see these issues now because i i choose not to partake in the the business bullshit of that like i'm not gonna sit here and deal with you know, oh, drugs is going to be a prominent issue of why I can't be successful or any of those kinds of things. But it's it's just so ingrained in the people of hip hop and, and those kinds of things that it sucks because people don't take us serious, especially white people who have all the money, the investments and everything like that. The ones who are in power, they don't take us serious and nor do they want to protect that because they know they can get the money off of it. We had an agent for for a small time, and you could see that the they were only driven by money. It's like they only care about that. They don't care about my well being. They don't care about my mental health. They don't care about what it is to to make me successful. What's going to make me happy? They don't care about none of that. It's all about the monetization. And once we realize that as a people, like when when white America or just white people in general, and I'm sorry to put it out that way, but it's the truth, can stop monetizing off of my culture, the people that have gone through these types of things, so on and so forth, then we might see an equal playing field. But man, it's really hard to get out of that mode when all you see is dollar signs. When I can sign a contract today, I saw some news today, even if, for example, for, for Megan Thee Stallion, trying to get out of her contract, she has some contract issues trying to get new music out and it was almost impossible. You know, they own 60%. They own 60% of all her shit and they took all of her show money for the first two years. Uh, For the first two years, they was stealing all of her fucking show money. So she blow up. She blew up. 
And she goes on tour and they took all of her tour money and 60% of her royalties or everything that comes in goes to the label. It's wild. And her advance was only $10,000. Wow. Her advance was $10,000. How about that? That's some bullshit. (laughs) We could talk about Megan Thee Stallion can rap about sucking and fucking all day. Because that's how most of her songs is. And if she comes famous off of that, she's not getting a damn cent. So now we're even exploiting our, our women um, for the monetization of somebody else. And it, it's just a sad story, man. I, I'm looking at all of these, all these people who died so early and it's for what? Yeah. And in, in some cases they made big impacts. Triple uh, X made a huge impact to music and fans. Um, right. He, was he had his own struggles. And and he was robbed, right? Like he was yeah. just trying to go buy a motorcycle. He was minding his own business. Yep. He wasn't flexing his cash out on the streets or nothing. Like he was going to go buy. He was a, a target, man. He's about to go buy some shit. Like the dude seen him and they like went across the street and bought some ski masks and shit. Yeah. And that's Miami. That's some grimy ass <laughs> shit, bro. They, hey, I would never fuck with the streets of Miami like that, bro. <laughs> Real talk. Because <That's> <laughs> yeah. that's, that shit, that, that's tough out there, but nobody, but nobody would understand that. Like a white person could never understand that shit. They couldn't because they don't have people coming out for them like that. And I'm sure some of them do. Let's not get it twisted. I mean, I'm, I'm sure some shit happened like that, but at the same time, those people are protected. Like you're not going to see your biggest white artist not being protected you're not going to see them not being protected. You're not going to see them not have 80 million security. And even Taylor, then, that Taylor Swift don't leave the crib without a security guard. I guarantee Bruh, she almost got presidential detail. Like, <laughs> like Taylor Swift is protected. Adele is protected. Like you're not going to see those kinds of levels of artists, even Ariana Grande, like some shit, crazy shit happened right. at O2 in England, but nobody was close to her. That shit happened outside. That didn't even happen inside. It happened outside. So it's like, when are we going to start protecting these people as well, especially for the most monetized and the moneymaker for the actual music industry? It's definitely sad. I feel like there's some more behind the bat, behind the scenes players that, and it is, I mean, it's always been that way. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit about any of any of these guys who are putting out this music. They don't care about any of that that's that's going on. They just said, as long as you make me my money, you know, we're in a sense shucking and jiving for a different a, a different time. It's a different time, and it's still shucking and jiving because somebody else is making hella money off of what you're putting out there. As could be your life works. Like you could have been through all a bunch of shit. Um. You know, shit, Yellow Beezy. Oh, man, Yellow Beezy is a, is a perfect example of that. That dude, I love Yellow Beezy. So I know you don't know too much about him, Polly, but, <laughs> but Yellow Beezy is from Dallas. And I grew up knowing about him just through Houston and Texas rap and all that kind of stuff. Yellow Beezy's been around for a while. That man got popped like eight or nine times, too. He, he basically did a 50 cent um, in the last year and a half. He should have died. He got lucky. He's still alive today, but somebody was coming for him because he had the money. He had the chains. He had the women. He had the cars. He had the clothes. He had all of it. And his big song was an underground hit in the hip hop clubs. And, and you know, definitely the, the spots called That's On Me. And literally after a few of the big hits that he dropped, he, he was a target. Um, 
that's why I, res- I honestly respect Kevin Gates because Kevin Gates is probably one of the only ones who really kind of talks about that type of shit and he keeps it real low key because I'm sure he could have been murked a long time ago, but people are, are protecting him. And he, he understood that he had to surround himself about around people that ain't going to try to do him dirty. So if I can give any advice to um, any, any aspiring rappers or people that I do know who hit, who are rappers today, man, once you get that, people are going to, people are going to come for you and be rest assured that nobody's going to come to save you, put the right people around you and really, really just start focusing on what do you want to do as far as a community or movement? It doesn't really matter. You can get hit any day. That's how, that's how Nipsey was. He was doing something for his community. He's going to his store and he, he still got popped. Um, but protect yourselves, protect yourselves and really look out for self in that situation, man. It, it, it's really a sad story. We want to touch on it because we we're looking at hip hop as, as again, being the most polarizing and the most consumed music in the world. And they have the most deaths, whether it be drugs, whether it be, um, you know, murders and things like that, it all plays a part. And we all have to do our part to make sure that we protect these people. And just in, in while they're making that music and it, there's a time and a place for it, please go back and, and realize that a, they don't care about none of this shit. The more you glorify it, the more money they're going to make. And you know, the less, the less protected you are and the, and the more open you are. Um, that's all I can say about it, man. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Rest in peace to Pop Smoke. Rest in peace to everyone that we had discussed on this episode. Nipsey, Pop, Died X, way too young. Jam Master J, Mac Notorious Dre, Big B. L. Yeah. I mean, we can go down the list, man. We can go down the list. RP to all of them, man. Um, I, I really hope, I really hope at some point somebody does take a picture and, and really look at what do we got to do to transform this, in, this energy in this, in this scene though. I feel like consumers, are a part of this as well. Be a smart consumer and understand that yes, while we're while you can enjoy the song and you you enjoy what you're hearing, at the same time we're also putting that same stigma out there. And I, I just want people to to grow and develop. Um, growing up in the streets and the hoods, GD that's what they talked about: growth and development. Um, that's that's the move. People need to make sure that they focus on growth and development. Let's get away from 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 just focusing 100% on these streets and figure out how we could push that type of message. We need to figure out how we can push the message to this next generation of people and especially these artists who are really going to, you know, try to make an impact. That's why I love somebody like YBN Corday, who's super young. He's in a group called YB fucking in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> those dudes are a gang on their own. YBN. I think they're um, a Call of Duty clan and shit. Oh, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I think yeah, that's if that's what it is, that's dope as shit. Because I used to be in some Rainbow Six clans and all kind of shit. If that's what it is, at least that he's separate. But the rest of those YBN dudes, like they're on a, they're on a path of destruction. Mm-hmm. And at least, at least I'm seeing some people who are trying to make that next path, and they're still finding success. You don't have to be. You don't have to talk about murdering, man. You don't have to talk about killing. You don't have to talk about taking drugs. That's why I don't fuck with Future. Sorry, fuck Future. That's what this dude does is he literally pushes music about popping Zan and he don't do that shit. He even came out in an interview and said he don't do that shit. So why are you why are you supporting somebody like that? 
y'all are just consuming some bullshit. He he he's not he's not out there being in, in that real life. Like, but he's influencing people to be about that life. Correct. He's influencing a whole generation of people to be like, oh, I'm gonna pop this in, or you know, I'm gonna pop bands in the club and. All Molly this bullshit, Percocet. man. Come on, man. Yeah, you need Molly Percocet. <laughs> mask off. Fucking mask <laughs> off. Like, the song is hard. I get it. But if you understand the whole underlying sound of that, like, how stupid do y'all really sound? Like, you're not going to go to your boss and be like, you know, Percocet, Molly Percocet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I went to work today and I'm just like, Percocet, Molly Percocet. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Nah, man, it's it's not like that. The real life doesn't real like doesn't live like that. We're we're fantasizing. That's fantasy world. That's that's you know again the monetization of it. It sounds great. It sounds great on records, but then what is that really doing for us as a people and as a culture, hip hop specifically? People can anybody can join hip hop, but we're not teaching the building blocks of hip hop. We're not teaching that hip hop was about the struggle and getting out of the struggle. And then, you know, peace, love and getting everybody together. None of that shit exists. So if that's what you're pushing, then you don't need to be an artist. You don't need to be putting yourself out there like that. I'm sorry. Um, you know, me being, I'm about to be 32 years old. I'm young as shit. And Polly, you're, you're older than me, but you found where, the balance is because again, we, we want some gangster shit sometimes. Sometimes I want some hard shit when I'm driving on the highway. I want to hear some hard shit. <laughs> I want to hear, yeah. I want to hear some vibing shit. I want to hear like I'm riding. That's cool every now and then. But if that's the life that you live, understand that that's not, that's not something to be glorified by. That's not something to be a martyr of or a, a pedestal. That's not, that's not what that's, that's not what that's for, man. And we're, we're destroying literally generations of, of shit because I can't listen to rap now. If it's, if it's not good shit, if it's not about actually rappers, that's why, again, I respect YB and Corday. The dude raps about real shit. Broke as fuck is one of my favorite tracks. He's talking about just being broke and, and, and the struggle. And he talks about how to get out of it. And it's not talking about, I'm going to kill the next dude or, um, I'm not going to sell drugs or take drugs for the next dude. Like it's not about none of that. Let's figure out how else we can continue to push this music. And if it becomes no longer monetized and we won, I feel like, um, because that's what, that's not what it was about. That was never what it was about. It was about just speaking from a point of pain and struggle and being able to actually put it out there because during that time there wasn't nobody out there who was actually being able to do that. Um, we didn't have access to the studios. We didn't have access to the places to be able to do that. And the artists that were actually putting out good music at the time, all their shit got jacked by another white artist anyway, who made millions of dollars off of it. So <laughs> let's, let's be, let's be real. Let's, let's look at facts, man. Um, take that antidote. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Take that antidote. I'm very passionate about this subject because I used to be a rapper and I never, never once talked about glorifying, killing the next man, um, selling the drug to the next man, taking the drug for myself. You know, I, I never glorified that. The most I would talk about was smoking weed. You're not going to hear me go any further than that. And I seen mild success myself with doing tracks with, with people who, who were in the industry and things like that. I've, I've done that. And 
I, I can say it's doable. Looking at J. Cole, it's doable. Looking at Kendrick, it's doable. We're not talking about always killing the next man or doing the next the next thing. Um, but somebody's making money off of whatever your message is. And regardless of what your message is, make sure that the message is just focused towards hopefully growth and development. That's what I want to see, you know, over the next several years. Most definitely. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review if you like our shit. Facts. We talking. This is the antidote. Take the antidote, motherfuckers. <laughs> we'll be back again. We appreciate y'all. I'm DJ Craftmatic. That's Polly Dubs. Make sure again, like, share, subscribe. We appreciate y'all. Peace. Please subscribe. Please leave us a five-star review. Take the antidote.com.